Welcome everybody back to Friar Talk. Today we're going to be talking about this Mets series, um, talking about this last overall week. Uh, earlier this week we had a, a couple different segments out, one about yesterday about who the Padres could potentially uh, buy for at the deadline, and then the second one was about basically what the Padres can do to, to make the playoffs. Uh, one of the first things we talked about was that they need to start, they need to take care of business in these next couple series. Um, first one against the Mets, and then of course their next series coming up against the Phillies. So we got to see that with the Mets series. Um end up end up taking Friday's game in kind of a rough way. But overall they they played good baseball this week. Um excited about that. Also Isaac is with me. He was actually at the game today. So he's not on camera, but he's gonna he's gonna hop in here for a few minutes, um, kind of give his takes on the series where this team is at and everything like that. Um in a second here, uh, I'm gonna do the there's gonna be two giveaways today. First one is from last week. Whoever entered it, um, we'll talk about that. We'll go over those people. Um, I have them already. Everything's ready to go. So real quickly, we'll rip off a giveaway in a second here after Isaac kind of gives his, gives his uh, overall takes of this team and of this past week of baseball. Um, and then later on at the end of the stream, we'll do a second one as well. So Isaac, you're at the game today. Um, what do you feel about this team right now? Hello. Can you hear me pretty good? All right. Yeah, pretty good. Um, it was definitely it was a pretty hot week. Uh, the Padres go five and two after uh, a pretty tough series in Cincinnati, where they lost a lot. They dropped the last one, but uh, sweep the Angels, sweep, take two of three from the Mets. They were really just a mistake away from sweeping the Mets. Um, you Darvish pitched an okay game. Blake Snell pitched another great game. Uh, I believe he has like a .56 ERA over his last nine starts, something like that. So probably been one of, if not the best pitchers in baseball uh, over the last month or two. Um, Manny Machado's getting hot over a 1400 OPS in his uh, in the month of July. Uh, everyone's getting hot right now. I mean, really, the only guys that are still struggling are Jake Cronenworth and Xander Bogarts. Gary Sanchez had a few hits today. Uh, Haseon Kim is hot at the plate, he's at around a 750 OPS. Uh, overall, a really good week for the Padres, though. I mean, great pitching. Really, the only problem has been the bullpen. Uh, we saw Adrian Moore at home today give up two, nothing crazy, but um, it's been one of the bullpens in baseball over the past month, so. That's going to have to get fixed pretty soon, hopefully at the deadline. I know we got guys coming back like Suarez and uh, Suarez and uh, I forgot the other guy, my bad. But um, guys should be coming back pretty soon. Oh, it was, uh, dang it, who is it? Steven Wilson. They should be coming back pretty soon. Um, hopefully add one bullpen arm at the deadline, if not a starter, slide Lugo into the bullpen. And we'll be looking good, but, I mean, it's, it's pretty encouraging. The Mets were a hot team just like us, so uh, – to be able to take two of three from them, especially the last two after that first game, it's uh, it's good to see the Padres getting hot right now for sure. Yeah, I think that's and I think it's good to kind of bring up just with like you know where this team is at and where the Mets were at coming into the series because I, I think it was a bigger series than like you would look at like in t in terms of like next weekend the Padres are going to be playing the Phillies in a four game series that obviously has a little bit more of a factor just on playoffs and stuff like that. But when you're looking at kind of where both teams are at, like you want to kind of take the Mets out. You want to be able to, and it's only, it's only, you know, adding one game to the the difference between the two teams, but it does make a big difference and kind of just like, also like where the teams are at, like just because right now we're talking about the Padres. We talked about them as sellers. We talked about them as buyers and it could potentially be, you know, I, either of those things could happen for both these teams. And that's why this series was so pivotal. So um, I like that you bring up kind of like the, the, the most hot guys on each of these squads and, I think the biggest guy that we have to bring up is Manny Machado because we were talking about how, you know, four through six spots in the lineup have been just dead spots. So many guys left in scoring position. Now the Padres have been better with runners in, in scoring position as a team, 
but we look at it from like those three guys and it had been pretty bad. Uh, I think I want to say last weekend when I streamed Manny was under a 700 OPS. He's now at a 765 OPS. That's how hot he was last week. So pretty ridiculous. Um, Cronenworth obviously still struggling. Xander Bogarts still struggling. I mean, he hasn't doesn't have like awful numbers, but it, it's not like anything to write home, especially in a in a first year of a massive contract. Um, which you're right now, you're just kind of hoping that it's like the first year playing at Petco. Um, but it has definitely been disappointing on his end. So before before anything else, let, let's get this first giveaway going. So I got. A few names, basically, it was anyone that kind of graded the Padres last series. Um, I put them all on the list, so it, it's a it's a handful of people. Um, if you're listening to this recorded and whoever wins, well, let's, let's just see whoever wins. Let's just see whoever wins. So for fifty dollars, Bub gift card, going to do another one a little bit here, but this is the first one from last week, and it is going to go to Preston Skinner. So Preston, um, you see this right now? You're rewatching a different time. You're watching live, whatever it is. Just comment below. We'll reach out to you. We'll, we'll get the gift card and everything dealt with. So um, we'll go that route. And then we will do another one of these as well um, in a little bit here. Um, and I'll kind of go through that a little later on in the stream. But congratulations to Preston. You win that gift card there. Um, getting back to Isaacs, I know you're not going to be on here for a super long time. We, we were talking about who got robbed from the Padres in terms of the All-Star break, right? Awesome. Preston is here. Preston, just I'll, I'll talk to you after the after the chat and I'll get you all hooked up with the, the gift card and everything. Um, congratulations, man. But anyways, going back to it, we're talking about who got robbed for the All-Star game. And the big guy that I was talking about last week and that we were all talking about was it was it was Fernando Tatis. Now, the guy we didn't talk about too much, Blake Snell. Blake Snell is sitting now with a 2.85 ERA. And I tweeted this out last night, but. This is the second time in his career where he has gone into the All-Star break with a sub-3 ERA. The last time he did it, he won the Cy Young. Um, my hot take before the season started was that that Blake Snell is going to win Cy Young. One, Isaac, do you think there's any chance that, that happens at all? And two, like, how are you feeling about the rest of his season? Because we know that it takes him a while to get going, and it seems like he is on absolute fire. Last nine starts, he had either like it's in between, I think, a 0.5 and a 0.6 ERA or a 0.5 and a 0.7. He has been insane. So what do you think about my my hot take from uh, from before the season started? It's looking good. I mean, he's been like I said, he's been probably the best pitcher over the last month and a half or so. Uh, like you said, last nine starts, 0.59 ERA, probably one of the highest K per nine rates in all of baseball. I mean, it seems like every outing he's going – what 10 11 strikeouts in six innings so a lot of k's um he's finding the zone right now he's going at least six innings almost every time uh so the innings pitched is there i think one thing that's kind of bothered a lot of fans about blake snell was that he'd have a really good outing but it'd only be about five innings pitches or more and it seems like this year he's a lot more efficient at least in his last nine starts he's been a lot more efficient uh in getting to six seven innings so uh that's really good to see i mean you're probably going to see him in the top at this rate, you're probably going to see him in the type of Cy Young voting because he, he is doing that good. And as far as, like, the rest of the season goes, Manny Machado's getting hot right now. We know that other than last season, Manny kind of takes a little bit to heat up, but he's heating up right now. This team kind of goes as Manny goes, it seems. So as we've seen this past these past seven games, Manny over 1,400 OPS. Got his OPS up, like, 80, 90 points over the last week. And uh, we're 5-2 and two in that span, so... Hopefully Manny can keep it going. Um, I'm feeling good about the lineup. I still think Xander Bogarts is going to turn it around. I'm hoping that this All-Star break is good for him because we know that he's been dealing with uh, with a wrist issue. Um, hopefully 
three, four days off, maybe another. It's, it's going to be really good for him, I think, and, and we need to get Jake going as well. But uh, something to kind of take away from this past week is that Austin Nola hasn't really gotten any starts. Um, we could be looking at a future DFA or a option for because I believe he still has options. Um, we could be looking at a future DFA or an option for Austin Nola with Camposano coming back as well. Maybe we'll be in the catcher's market. I don't really think there's any good catchers on the market as far as trades go. But, um, yeah, we could be looking at the end of Austin Nola. Uh, as far as everything else, though, I mean, the only thing I'm concerned about is the bullpen. Um, getting Michael Walker right here soon is going to be good because, obviously, we've seen that if one Padres pitcher goes down, you're you're going to Matt Waldron or Reese Kinnear, and that, that's not what you want from a team that – that needs to get hot now. It needs to, to really focus on winning every game. It's not it's not at the point where, oh, there's still plenty of season left. It's it's a race now. And uh, the Padres need to be able to play some catch-up, so they're going to have to have their best guys going every day. So a starter at the deadline is really the only thing that's worth it. It's looking good. All right, Isaac's cutting out pretty bad on my end. I don't think they can hear me. No, no, I can hear you now. <laughs> okay, Isaac started cutting out a little. You hey, must can you hear me? I, I, I can hear him driving. Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay, uh, what was the last thing you heard? Um, You're talking about basically getting guys right at the end, like with Waka and them, and like kind of oh, like, yeah, that you're only yeah. concerned with really the bullpen. Yeah, we, we got to get Waka healthy because as we've seen lately, you know, if one guy goes down, we got to throw Kinnear or Waldron or something like that, which which is not what we want. And especially because, you know, we're at a point where we got to win every game. It's a race now. So the Padres, we're looking to win about, what do we say, 48 games? We've won two. So we're looking to win about 46 games the rest of the way in order to get to 88 and secure a playoff spot. Um, it can be done, man. The Padres have shown that they, they probably can end up being one of the best teams in baseball going forward. So uh, the pitcher's looking good. I mean, one through five, except for Darvish, but Darvish is going to get right. Really, the only worry is going to be the bullpen. We'll have guys coming back, but uh, yeah, I'm going to log off now. So, I mean, it was good to see the Padres get hot uh, this past week, and hopefully they're able to roll it over to, to a very, very important series against the Phillies. The Phillies being one of the hottest teams in baseball lately, and uh, we got to, we definitely, us too, but we definitely got to derail them so that we can get closer to, to where we want to be. 100%, man. Um, Isaac, we'll see you all later, man. Awesome that you got to go to the game today. Um, good one to go to, too, just because Musgrove was a beast, too. We haven't even talked about Musgrove, but he was a beast as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it was – I think this is a little bit encouraging. I mean, last week I was not happy, guys. Like, we were talking about it, and it was just – it was a frustrating time. Um, I mean, the whole season has been pretty, pretty like, rough up this point. And I feel like – I don't know. It feels like there's been a different energy the last week, which is good. I mean, we've talked about the ups and downs of this season. Like, we've it's been really good at times. It's fallen off. It's been really good, right? So I don't want to be like too like, oh yeah, like they're back. I'm, I'm not. I'm not gonna kind of overdo it and get way too excited about that. And in, in in terms of that, you know, but um, I I do think that like we're looking at the season. I mean, we're obviously gonna be rooting for this team. They're sitting six back right now from a wild card. And if you would have said, yeah, this team's gonna be maybe the okay, they're not the most disappointing team. The Cardinals are easily the most disappointing team I think in baseball to this point the Mets are up there too but specifically the Padres offense has probably been the most disappointing unit with how just bad the first half has been um and you look at it like that and you go okay we're six games back 
what is it, four games under 500, it could be a lot worse. The season could be actually over. It could actually be over. So I think we're going to see some changes. Isaac kind of got into the fact that Austin Nola hasn't been playing really at all, and Gary Sanchez has been like the full-time catcher, um, which isn't, I don't want to say it's like a good thing, but it's obviously an upgrade over Austin Nola. Well, Luis Campuzano is probably going to be back. He might be back starting that Philly series, maybe a little bit after that, but he could be back starting that Philly series. So it's very likely that Austin Nola is not on this team anymore. Um, I see people talking right here. Devin's talking about Carpenter. Carpenter sucks, period. Worst signing ever. Definitely needed DH. Yeah, and I think I think we're going to see a DH in some capacity. Uh, there's a few different options in terms of trading for a DH. Now, we brought up Justin Turner. I feel like most people probably hate that idea. Um, I know a lot of people don't like it just because it, it feels almost redundant in the sense that you just signed two old guys in Carpenter and Cruz, and now you're going to get another old guy? Like, really? But I do think he's one of the few people that we could actually – actually count on to not have like the their first you know little bit of time at Petco and just completely fall off off a map because Justin Turner actually has a lot of experience at Petco Park, which I think bodes well when you're kind of looking at potentially trading for a guy like that. Um, but there are a bunch of names that the Potters could potentially go after. I based off what they said, based off AJ Preller's comments, Peter Seidler's comments, everything like that, it does not seem like they're gonna sell. The only guy that I could see them potentially selling would be Josh Hader. Um, just because they're like, if they're like, Hey, we can't get anything for him. We think we can trade him to a team that likes him. And we, we think that we can get players that will be immediately impactful players for us. That could happen where it's, you're not, you're not selling, but you are moving one of your big pieces and you're getting more assets. You're getting some more depth. And if they feel like that's more important down the stretch and, and it very well could be, and they feel like they're not going to bring back hater that actually would make sense. And that could be something we could see happen. I don't think that's going to happen, but I think there's a chance that it does. So we'll have to see what they end up doing in that regard. Um, but I, I expect them to kind of roll into the second half of the season with Campy and Gary Sanchez behind the plate, um, which is a lot better than Austin Nolo, who was starting like four out of five games to start the season. And I think they're going to have a new DH. I think, I mean, not right off the bat, but a couple weeks in, I think they're going to trade for a, a new DH. They're going to trade for someone. And I wouldn't be surprised um, if they end up moving for someone kind of like sooner than later. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw, this would be like a kind of a bigger deal. I don't know if you guys saw today, but Eloy Jimenez got struck out and he was not even on the screen when he got struck out. He like walked out of the batter's box. I don't know if he thought he called time. I don't know what happened, um, but it was a video that kind of went viral. And they're like, yeah, dude, Eloy's giving up. Um, the White Sox are probably going to sell. They suck. They're a mess. I think in terms of kind of getting a, a power bat, a DH bat, Eloy Jimenez might be the best guy you could go after. I don't know if that's feasible. I don't know if the Potters have the cap role to do that, um, but it is an intriguing name. I think, you know, Justin Turner's there. Uh, I think a lot of, uh, there's a lot of guys the Potters can end up moving. Yeah, Lugo, you could, uh, Preston says you could see a Lugo trade while his value is high. I could see that as well, especially if they just don't feel like he's going to be able to like kind of keep uh, keep the wear and tear off as a starter. Um, but I, I'm, I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm pretty excited for, yeah, Eloy's all always hurt there every year. That that's kind of the issue with like a lot of these guys. That's why I don't think you want to trade a lot for it, especially like a DH, right? Like you're ideally looking for a guy that can DH and sometimes play first base, especially with how bad uh Crone has been. But I, I don't know. I, I think that we're that the most likely spots that they would trade for would be a starter, reliever, and a DH. I don't think they're I don't think they're gonna trade for a catcher. I think they like Gary Sanchez enough. I think that they 
are going to continue to give Luis Campusano a chance, which I hope is the case. Um, and another thing is when Campy's not catching, he could be your DH as well. He is a good bat. Um, he needs to kind of improve his plate approach, stuff like that. He does not walk too much, but he absolutely shits on the baseball. And he he hasn't really had a chance to produce at the MLB. He hasn't got consistent reps. If you start giving him consistent reps, his I mean, he has he's always had good hit tools. He's always had good power tools like that could turn into something and he could be a cheap contract on the Potters for years to come. So I um I hope that would be the case. Um, would you extend Sanchez and maybe trade Campusano and wait for Solace? No, I don't I, mean, I don't think I don't think Camp or uh, Gary Sanchez is that good, but I do think he's an upgrade at catcher over Nola. So that's kind of where I'm at with um the situation there. Um I don't know what, what else do you guys think and what else is kind of on your on your mind for this squad right now? I feel like I'm kind of going over some of the guys. I think pitching wise, pitching has been great. Uh, the only guy I feel like that hasn't really lived up to expectations, and this is this season, has been you Darvish. He's kind of been up and down. His what did he finish his last outing? He ended up going five innings, three runs. He's just below a five ERA, um, but he's kind of been up and down, hurt, sick, little stuff like that. Had the not really hurt too much, but he was sick. He had. Uh, World Baseball Classic, so he started out late. Kind of a kind of an odd season for him, um, but it does suck in the sense that they extended him, didn't extend Snell, and now Snell could you know potentially be a guy that walks, um, which which that does suck. I mean that we can't deny that. But overall, I think um, I think Darvish is like the only guy that you're kind of looking at like, oh yeah, he hasn't been that great, but he was kind of expected to be your ace coming into the season. So I think you can kind of expect him to, to turn it around and, and be a big time performer, especially towards the end of the season and. Hopefully, if this team is able to get in, um, you know, in the posting as well. Okay, good one right here. Uh, guy to talk about, Nick Martinez. Uh, Nick Martinez has been struggling really bad. Now, his last outing was good. I want to say he struck out the side, I believe. Let me look here. Yeah, he struck out the side his last outing. But before that, it had been an absolute disaster, man. Um, Nick Martinez, over his last seven, I'm pulling it up right now. Over his last seven, he has a 9.95 ERA. Over his last 15, he has a 7.88 ERA. Over his last seven or his last 15 games, 16 innings pitched, 21 hits allowed, 1.69 whip. I don't have the home runs here, but it's been a lot of home runs. Um, he's been really bad. He's been struggling a lot. But and tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel like I remember Nick Martinez going through a really rough spot more towards the beginning of last season, but like the middle beginning of last season. He kind of got over it and he ended up kind of bouncing back you're going to see that with relief pitchers. Like it's so up and down, like even like year to year, but also just see throughout the season. I mean, right now, Tim Hill's kind of been struggling as well. Um, and I mean, he's all right, but like, I don't know. I, I think Martinez will be okay. I think ideally, ideally you get Robert Suarez back, Stephen Wilson back and Nick Martinez is either a six or a seventh inning, like mostly a seventh inning guy. Um, but when Stephen Wilson comes back, he's going to be the the first guy there. Cosgrove, I feel like is, at least at this point, is a, is a better high leverage arm. Cosgrove is completely uh, Tom Cosgrove. He's completely come onto the scene. He's been a beast. Um, he's been like, and he also kind of got screwed because he ended up giving up like a run or like an extra run the other day that ended up kind of boosting his ERA a little bit. But he was sitting at like a .8, and now he's at a one six four. But he's been fantastic. So I, I think that I, I don't think it's that bad if he's going through a struggle. I think it makes sense. And that was something I kept bringing up just when the season was going on. They were struggling so much hitting wise was like they need to they need to turn it on when the pitching is this dominant because back to back months they had the best ERA in baseball. And it's like 
you have to take advantage when you have that because a couple injuries, a couple slumps, you know, your bullpen starts struggling. A guy hits the 15-day IL, which that's what happened with Steven Wilson. And then, boom, everything falls apart in the bullpen. And the Padres' offense has been really good over the past four or five weeks. It has. Like, numbers-wise, it's been picking up a lot and it's been way more productive. The only problem is that then the bullpen fell apart. And, and like, you look at that Nationals-Pirates-Reds stretch, there's a couple games where the offense doesn't perform. But for the most part, they lost three or four or even five games because the bullpen absolutely fell apart. And, and that sucks when that happens, when your offense kind of starts to get it going. And that's why you got to take advantage of it. So um, definitely a, a big-time kind of struggle there has just been the pin. And I, I do think it's definitely going to get better. I don't know if Stephen Wilson's going to be back right after the All-Star break. I do hope he is. When he gets back, you got Cosgrove, you got him. And these guys aren't – wait, I'm reading this. No, some Matt stops saying turning the tide and the potty story winning series. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just – yeah, I guess I got, kind of got more negative, right? Um, and I see a couple other questions, so I'll get into them in just a second. But yeah, I, I do think the bullpen is is bound to have some improvements. Just That's just how it is right now. I mean, you kind of go through ups and downs um, throughout a season. But it has – it's it's not really hiding. You don't have to – it's been very obvious that their bullpen has sucked lately. Um, but adding guys like Stephen Wilson, Robert Swartz is going to be the, be the big guy, like the big name, if you can actually get him back. I don't know how confident I am that he's going to be back, but if you do get him back, that's super clutch. Um, overall, though, I mean, this this bullpen has to perform down the stretch, and the starters have to stay healthy, and you're banking a lot on health. Um, and then I had a question here from Marcos. How many games are we behind after today? So right now, after today, uh, six games back, on the wild card spot that is currently owned by the Giants. The Padres play the Giants. I think it's seven more times throughout the year. So plenty of more, you know, plenty more games against the Giants to kind of switch that up. Um, in front of them right now in the wild card spot, all in all, the Marlins, the Diamondbacks, the Dodgers took the lead on the division today. Then the Giants, I just mentioned, and then both the Phillies and the Brewers are a half game back of the Giants. So you're not the thing is you're not just competing with the Giants and stuff for the wild card. I, I think that I think the Dodgers will probably win the division, but the Potters are six games back from wild card, right? They're only eight and a half back from the division. It's not like the division has ran away. So when I'm looking at games that are really important, I don't just want to be like, oh yeah, let's look at the Giants games. Look, let's look at the Phillies games like that. The Diamondbacks and the Dodgers games are huge. If you go and you sweep one of those teams that drastically changes the standings. If I mean, early August, there's a series against the Dodgers, a four-game series. I think, it, I think it's a four-game series. If you can take three or four, or if it's a three-game series, you take all three, that is massive for the standings, and you end up getting a couple games. The division is not out of the realm. Now, have we seen this team go up and down so ridiculous that I'm like expecting them to do it? No, of course not, but, but – Numbers-wise, it is not out of the realm. So there's a lot of games that matter. The Padres basically, the rest of their schedule, this is what it looks like. They play horrible teams or they play the teams that they have to beat to make it to the playoffs. That's ideal for, for being a team that's a few games back. You're playing the worst of the worst. You play the White Sox, the Tigers, the A's. Um, you play some other teams like that, right? And then you play the division games and, and you play a lot of those and, and those are going to be huge. So I... Yeah, and I think, yeah, goofball is right right here. Vision games are so much more important, Maul. That's why I hate that we fucked up so much against the Giants series. Should have swept. I mean, yeah, I mean, you actually probably should have. Like, it was that it was that ugly of a series. So, 
And that's where that one hurt because you just kept blowing those games. I, I mean, I just brought up the Nationals, Pirates, um, and the Reds games, games where the bullpen blew it. The Giants was even a bigger series where that happened. That was awful. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's where it's going to come down to. And I think that when we look back on the season, it's going to be, did they win these series down the stretch? Because they're not just going to have to win, you know, a couple of these to, like, hang in. No, they have to go out there and they have to win the series. They they need to get a sweep here and there. Like, that's what they're trying to do. And, and six games back, early July is not that far. But they cannot continue to play as inconsistent as they've, as they've played in the first half. So that's going to be the big stuff there. So I'll, I'll go into a few more questions here, but uh, I don't know how much longer I'll be on. So we're going to do a giveaway in a little bit here. $50 gift cards to Bubs. I got their logo up here on the top. Um, shouting them out uh, right next, you know, Bubs at the ballpark. They're a bar right next to the stadium. You know, get a couple of drinks before the game. Uh, have a fun time. They're super cool with us. They're going to they're gonna be giving out four gift cards. This is the third one. We will have the next one out on the stream next Sunday as well. So make sure to come to that. But anyone that wants to enter, all you guys got to do right now, enter your username to the chat. I'll put you in the poll and we'll do a, a random generator here in a little bit. Um, but yeah, shout out Bubs. Very, very cool of them doing with us. Um, and very happy that they're able to do that. Uh, hopefully I'm going to be back in California in about a little over a month. So I'm definitely going to swing by, kind of hang out there, do some stuff there, go to a couple games. Um, I actually have like a partial season ticket plan, even though I don't normally live in San Diego, but I've, I've moved them all to the back end of the season. So I'm also banking on the Padres so hard just because else my summer's kind of screwed. Like I, I need them to be good. I need to watch competitive baseball. I've watched too many seasons of September and August baseball where it just does not matter. And I, I don't want to see that anymore. So, um, but yeah, shout out Bubs for doing that. Um, and all you guys got to do is start entering your usernames and I'll start plugging you into the random generator kind of drawing here. Um, but see what else we got here. So looking up, Alec Jacob is an interesting sidearm righty. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I think I want to say he got called up, right? Like I think he got called up the other day. If not, he should get called up. Um, he throws like this really funky, like it's like underhand, but it's like, it's almost like sidearm underhand. Like it's a really weird kind of, it's not like a true submarine. Um, if you guys remember like Joe Thatcher or someone like that, that had like that weird, like kind of went underneath. He does like this, like really low to the ground sidearm motion. It's pretty cool. Um, but he's been extremely effective. He's not going to touch 90 miles an hour. I guess that's kind of similar to like Nabil in the sense of like a lot of off-speed stuff like that. But for him, it's just a super funky, weird arm angle. So hopefully we get to see him. I mean, that'll be exciting. Um, and he could potentially be a guy. He's been really good in the minors. So he's been he's been super good in that regard. Uh, so yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like the Tyler Rogers delivery, I, I would say. Um, you can find a lot of clips on either Twitter or YouTube of it because I feel like he's a, just a very intriguing player just because of how weird that sidearm is. Um Let's see what else we got here. Should have swept the Mets. Yeah, should have swept the Mets, but I, I still think this was – the goal, I think, was to win two out of three. The Mets were coming to the series hot. Um, the Potters also need to learn how to win a game in extra innings because, what are they, 0, of, 0 for 8 now? That's brutal, man. We, we can't keep walking, watching this team just struggle every time. I thought the pitching, the way just the way that the bullpen was utilized in that extra innings game was super odd. I mean, you're talking about – you're talking about a team that, like, you don't throw hater in this one. Like, you use Nick Martinez in a weird spot. I don't know. I just didn't like it. Like, just the whole kind of situation of how they used the pin that game, I thought it was really dumb. They brought Garcia in. And I don't know I don't know what the numbers are on this. And this would have to be, like, this is not anything that, that we can all do. But I think that when you pull a pitcher in the middle of the inning and 
they did it with Honeywell and they did it with Garcia in that one. Honey Garcia came in earlier in the game. Honeywell came in the uh, in the extra inning, right in the tenth inning. When you pull a guy for the the righty righty matchup or the lefty lefty matchup, and there are guys on base, I do not think that is smart because it's such a different like standpoint mentally when you come into a game and there's you're inheriting runner, runners on on base. I, I don't like doing that. And I don't think that you always have to play the matchup like super intensely. Like you don't need to just look at it and go, oh yeah, like we want the righty righty matchup. And they, I think they did with fam both both times because he hits really well off lefties. Dude, if the guy is looking looking all right, like I think I forgot I forgot who Garcia came in for. I think it was Morahone, but Morahone looked all right that inning. Like he looked fine. Morahone super on and off. Some game like today he came out, he sucked today. Other times he comes in and he looks really good. Super up and down. Don't pull Garcia in. And it didn't end up like burning the Padres, but Garcia came in and he could not throw a strike. And we have seen like he got bailed out because the Mets were swinging at stuff out of the zone. Like, to be honest, he got, he got completely bailed out. If the Mets would have came up and not swung at a single pitch. He probably would have walked this first three runners in. We've seen Garcia do that so many times. So I don't understand why you bring in a guy in that situation where it's like, dude, we, we don't know. Like we don't know if he's going to be on and if he's off, it's going to fall apart. And, and honestly, if you look back on that game, they end up losing, was it seven, five lose by two runs. Brent Honeywell came in and they had a two run single at the end. That was two runs. And I know it's way different because like Manny Machado comes in and he hits a home run, but maybe it wouldn't have because, you know, there's a, a smaller lead or whatever. So I, I think that's fair. But like, if you're looking at it, you kind of shot yourself in the foot, just bringing a guy in for the righty righty matchup. And then he ends up going up against the next guy. So I just don't like when they do that. I, I mean, like, obviously there's a time and place. If you have a dominant lefty, that's just like a left-handed, like whenever he goes up against lefties, he's so good. That's one thing if he's been pitching really well. But if you bring in Garcia or Honeywell, who haven't been good lately, and you just bring them in with guys on, that seems like a recipe for disaster. So I hate when they do that. Um, and hopefully that's not the case. But I, um, yeah, I think that's that's kind of my biggest points on on that kind of aspect. Um, I see a couple names here. So I'm going to start typing in some names. Zach, Devin, um, who else we got? We got a few people in here. So I'm going to start getting these names in. Um, trying to think of, of what else to kind of cover. I see people talking about that we always own Max Scherzer, dude. It is great that we always own Max Scherzer. Um, and also like just that Joe Musgrove so great against the Mets. I don't know what it is. I don't like the Mets. Like it's just I don't know why that's the case, but they just kind of rub me the wrong way. Uh, not as much as like other teams in the division and whatnot, but it is a little bit frustrating just with with I don't know the Mets are just kind of an annoying team. I don't really like Pete Alonso. Lindor played terrible this series. I mean, he was awful at shortstop last night. Um, it was pretty rough. Uh, another thing to bring up, though, with that Friday night game, we're talking about kind of blowing games, right? The decision from and this and, and he's been great, but the decision from from Ha Sung Kim to round second and third when the ball is in Tommy Pham's hands, I, he must have thought that Pham was not paying attention. That's my guess. Like he was just kind of like, oh yeah, he's not paying attention. I'm just gonna get an extra base. That was so stupid. You have Soto and Tatis coming up next, and, and that might have won the game. That that might have won the game. So I that one really, really sucked. Um, question here from Devin. Are you um are you covering the draft? Yeah, we're gonna do the draft. We're not gonna do it today or, or tomorrow. We'll probably do it in a couple days, I think. Um, drafts ongoing right now. There are like a few picks in, but uh we're rooting for the guy of U of A. I think his name's Chase Davis. Um, Chase actually knows him because Chase goes to U of A or, or went to U of A. 
Um, so we're kind of rooting for Chase Davis to get drafted by the Padres. Um, he's an outfielder, got a lot of power. His like his numbers are like ridiculous. I think he has like 700 slugging right now, um, or had 700 slugging last season. So we're kind of rooting for him. Um, don't know the prospects a lot in terms of like who the Padres might go after, stuff like that. Um, just because I mean I feel like we've been we've been way more focused on the team, and also them will be draft is not like as as much of an, an event as like the NFL or the NBA drafts. Um, but we'll definitely cover it. And we'll definitely go over all the picks, like the our like favorite guys that we kind of like them going after and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I see. I see the people talking about the the Pete Alonso video. The Pete Alonso cameo is. My question is, why would he do that? You make millions of dollars, and, and you're doing like these fifty dollar videos of you doing something that you know is going to get posted a a billion times over. Every time you lose to the Padres, that's going to be posted. I, I love that he did it because um, he's so corny. And the fact that he did that is just hilarious to me. Um, so, I, I yeah, I love that Pete Alonso did that. It's absolutely hilarious. Um, I'm gonna, Okay, I'm going to do this giveaway in a couple minutes here. So, anyone that's trying to get into the Bubs giveaway, all you got to do is you just got to put your username in. Got a handful of names already. Um, a, lot of the, a lot of the regulars are in here right now, but... Yeah, a- anyone put your name in quick because I'm going to do it in the next couple minutes here. I'm trying to think of anyone else I kind of want to discuss. Um, let me pull up this squad right now. See, we're talking about Tommy Pham. Yeah, Tommy Pham's actually been playing pretty well this season. Tommy Pham is a weird dude, though. He is a very, very weird dude. Um, but he, he ended up playing pretty well. He, he always does well against the Padres. He, it's kind of like the, the revenge tour thing, right? Like anyone that goes up against the old team, especially when they're playing the Padres, um, it's kind of that revenge tour type thing. JDS, I got you, man. Uh, so before we go, I, I asked everyone this um, last stream, kind of what your grades on the Padres were um, for just kind of, I guess the the full the full uh, the season. You know, if it's individual players, if it's the team, whatever. Um, but let's go over, and I'm going to share my screen here. Let's go over this full team. Um, just kind of player by player and kind of give a grade for everyone for the first half of the game. Um, I got a couple questions here. Arthur, did I get you? I got you now, man. I got you, Danny. Um, oh, God, I misspelled names. Awful here. Um, so, but yeah, let's see. JDS, you did not win last time. I know that you keep saying that. Don't worry. We're not, we're not cheating you out of anything here. Um, but yeah, okay. Let me present my screen real quick here. Sorry, guys. It's it's a it's a lot rougher when it's just me because I have to I have to talk and do multitask and I'm terrible at multitasking, uh, so bear with me. Okay, so I got all the guys. Now this is not really this isn't really like listed as, you know, the order of anything. I don't know how this is even listed. I guess it's oh it's by home runs right now. So let's do it by at bats. That makes more sense. Um, first off, we're gonna go through each of these guys. I'll give my grades. Anyone that's listening, give your grades in the comments as well. Xander Bogarts. So. I don't, and we only have offensive numbers here. We don't have defensive numbers. He's been okay defensively. I don't think he's been amazing or super spectacular or anything like that. I don't think he's been bad. I think a lot of people think that he's been bad defensively. I don't feel like that's the case. Um, but Xander Bogarts, I think he deserves a D. He signed, and I don't think it's an F because, I mean, he's, he's over a 700 OPS. It's not great. It's not good. Um, his slugging, this is the probably the most concerning thing, and this was the biggest kind of question mark when they signed it was like, why are you going and getting a shortstop that can't slug when you already have Ha Sun Kim that plays the position great? He can, you know, continue to improve. We've seen him improve. We've seen him become the better player this year. Um, like he's put up better numbers this year so far. And you also have Tatis, 
You have Cronenworth, Machado. You have so many shortstops. Your top prospect's a shortstop. Well, not really his top prospect anymore. Ethan Solace is that guy. Um, but overall, I think you got to give him a D. It's been rough. It has been a bad, bad season. Um, and for a first year in a, in a city, not like it couldn't have gone any worse, but it, it couldn't have gone. I mean, it could have gone a lot better, right? Like it could be a lot worse, I guess. He could be under a 700 OPS. He could have a bunch of errors and just be a disaster. But overall, this has not been a, a great season for Xander Bogarts, and it's really sucked so far. Hoping that he turns it around. Also, it's almost kind of with an asterisk with him because he does have the wrist injury. And before the wrist injury, he was balling out. And I think that is a big factor of why he's been struggling. But at the end of the day, he's struggling still. Um, Jay Cronenworth, the only, I mean, I have a thought, I guess two, the two jerseys I have, I have a Tatis jersey and I have a Cronenworth jersey, right? Um, for current players, Cronenworth deserves an F man. Cause not only has he just been abysmal offensively, I mean, 360 slugging, he's not getting on base. He's not hitting for an average. His OPS is bad. You know, he has 13 doubles. He hasn't been, he's been pretty terrible with runners in scoring position. His defensive metrics aren't great either. They're really bad. I want to say he's a bottom 20% uh, in the bottom 20 percentile for first base defense. So it sucks because this isn't really his true position. They kind of kicked him over. But in terms of a roster move, this has been horrible. So Crone deserves like Cronenworth deserves an F. And I, I hate to say that because he is one of my favorite players, but there's not another way to put it. Like he's just been bad. Um, Juan Soto, everyone was freaking out about Juan Soto at the beginning of the season. Juan Soto has been fine. I'll give him a, I'll give him a B plus, which you could give. I mean, he has a 900 OPS. It's hard to not give him like anything crazy. His defense hasn't been, I mean, he's not a very good defensive player. I feel like people act like he's the worst defensive outfielder in the league. He's not, he's great. He grades around like below average, pretty consistently. Um, he does have a hose. Sometimes he decides to miss cutoff men and it leads to a guy getting the second base when there's no play at home, which gets kind of frustrating. Um, but offensively, he's been really good. You hope that the power numbers get his slug gets over 500. We hope that he continues to turn it up, but he kind of struggled a little bit early on the season, but I mean, he's been good. B plus a minus something in that category, uh, Manny Machado. So I kind of wonder what is Manny Machado's grade? Because this number is so skewed from last, like this past week. What are his grades if you don't do it if you don't add this week if you know if you do it before this week and then you do it after this week um i'm gonna give him a solid c which you could give him lower but the, i mean you could give him higher you could give him lower i'm just gonna go with c dead even defensively he's been phenomenal offensively he had pretty much sucked up until this past week but the thing is I expect him to continue to turn it on and i don't think it's gonna be a problem at the end of the year i don't think we're gonna be freaking out about manny um, I'm not super concerned about him. Fernando. Fernando should probably get the highest grade, right? He's a little bit under Juan Soto in terms of OPS offensively. He's been better in the past offensively, but he is great at as one of the best outfielders in baseball. And they were that was the biggest question mark about Fernando. Of course, coming back after you know, the PD stuff, kind of seeing like, okay, like where is he going to be? Is it going to take him a little while to get going? It has not. And on top of that, he learned a new position and he pulled out. So A, A plus, whatever you want. I mean, he's been spectacular. So, and he's, if you didn't think he was a five tool player because of the errors at shortstop, even though it was a little bit weird how those errors were, because like all of them were when he had the shoulder injury, he's a f clear five tool player. Still takes bags. What is he at right now? Stolen base wise. I mean, 14 bases. So I'm going to give him an A. Um, Trent Grisham, 
I guess when you grade guys, like, how do you do it? Do you do you grade them by like what you think they are? Because or do you grade them by like overall? Because for what Grisham's done this year in terms of like what I think he is as a player, it's a lot better than last year. Like, it's not great, but if he's around a 700 OPS playing good defense, that's good. So I'll give Grisham like a C plus, but also kind of there's kind of a caveat there, right? Like he gets a C plus because I don't think he's that good, right? Like he's playing like this is okay. If you're looking at him in a nutshell, if you're just looking at him offensively, I mean, offensively, he's probably like you give him like a D and then he has some good defense, but you know, he's not that good offensively and he's a cheap player. So I guess like a C, C plus, right? Not that great, but it's like, okay, he's been whatever. Um, Hassan Kim, I'll give Hassan Kim a B plus. He's continued to improve every single season. He has been really good. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I think he's, I, I wish that he was under control for a lot longer. So Hassan Kim deserves to be plus. You can give him an A if you want. He's been awesome. Uh, there's basically three players in this in this grouping that deserve positive grades, and I think Hassan Kim is one of them. I think he's been your third best player up to this point in the season in terms of position players, not pitchers. Uh, Carpenter, Nelson Cruz, F, F either one. They already DFA Nelson Cruz, I know, but Carpenter has been absolutely terrible. One of the worst contracts we've had. Um, Adore, I don't, I don't really care. Uh, Austin Nola, F. Is that surprising? Let me look, man. He has a 450 OPS. Gary Sanchez, hey, man, I'll give him a C. He's been better than I thought he was going to be. So I'll, I'll give him that. Um, we really need this man right here, Luis Camposano, to, to come up and, and be the main catcher because that would be a big win there. Um, Pitching-wise, let's take a look real quick. We'll go run through a couple of these guys, and then we'll we'll get to the giveaway. So so last chance on anyone put your name in. I said that a little bit ago, but I see some people add their name, so I'll go through that in a second here. Um, Pitching-wise, Joe Musgrove, Michael Waka, Seth Lugo, Blake Snell. They are – okay, let me change that up. Michael Waka, Blake Snell, Joe Musgrove. They all deserve A's. Seth Lugo, let's give Seth Lugo a B. Darvish, D? I mean, he's been bad. He's been really bad. So I think Darvish deserves a D up to this point. But keep in mind, these are, these are first half grades. You can turn your season around. You can get a lot better. Um, but I think the biggest person to, to bring up is, is Blake Snell. Contract year, Blake Snell has absolutely balled out. He's been the most dominant pitcher over the last probably six weeks. He just won pitcher of the month. The Padres have three guys that have won pitcher. Is it three guys? Two guys? Two guys that have won pitcher of the month. Um, Blake Snell and Michael Walker. So, and Joe Musgrove has been really good. And if you take away the Mexico City start, he has a sub three ERA. So you have three starters with sub three ERAs, and it doesn't go to show if you're under a 500 team. That's why it's that's why we're kind of freaking out here. Um, Seth Lugo, he's been pretty good. I I I think the biggest thing is he's got to stay healthy. Um, Josh Hader, a I saw someone saying that Josh Hader is not an all star. Josh Hader almost has a sub one ERA. And he has almost a sub one whip. Like Josh Hader has been a monster. Nick Martinez, D, he, he has just fallen apart so bad. His numbers, C minus, C minus, because his numbers aren't that bad, but it's just the recency bias makes it seem a lot worse. Steven Wilson, Steven Wilson, B plus. Steven Wilson has been awesome. Um, made a lot of these guys not very good down here. Tom Gosgrove, I'll shout him out. Uh, I'll give Garcia an F. Honeywell has been eh. I'll give Tim Hill like a C and I'll give Cosgrove like a B plus or an A because he's been awesome out of the blue, out of nowhere. Um, Nabil was really bad. Morahone has really struggled. 
Um, some of these other guys, Castillo sitting at a 108 ERA, Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, so I mean, that's kind of the overall grades that I'm thinking of right there. Um, I mean, I, not everyone has like a terrible grade. That's the thing. Like not everyone does, but you, you got to give guys credit when they're playing well. I see some people, Crony definitely has not been good. Fernando's C minus, that doesn't even make any sense at all. Uh, Fernando's top 20 in war and missed 20 games. Manny B minus, I think it's a little high. I, I just, I think the last week really skews his numbers. Like up to this point, he had not been playing well defensively. Yeah, Soto B plus, Soto B plus for sure. A minus if you like him, I like that one. Um, okay, goofball. I I've seen this a lot. I've seen this a lot. Soto isn't very clutch, and his defense is meh. Defense is meh, hundred percent. I totally agree. But I don't know where the Soto isn't clutch thing. Soto has over, he has like an over a 900 OPS with runners in scoring position, and he's hitting over 280. He's He's been good with runners in his scoring position. The numbers are good. They tell you, like, yeah, he's been a good player. Um, so I don't know why that's – like, I, I've seen that, and this is not – I'm not trying to single you out for this. I've seen other people say this, but if you look at the numbers, that's just not the case. Maybe it's in, like, late in game, but it's baseball. Like, you're not going to – you're not going to produce every time late in the game. So – I don't know. It's a tough one. I think um I think it's like I don't know. You got to give him you got to I, I don't know. You, you, I'm just not sure on this one. Let's see what else we got grade wise. Sorry, I'm kind of getting distracted. I'm trying to put these names in as well. Um Cronenworth D+, Manny B-, minus. Manny D+, plus. I think yeah, I think that's probably fair. C+, plus. I see Manny's is kind of out there. Defense is still there. Yeah. That, and that that could boost your grade for for Manny. Um, Cronenworth, Tatis elite defense and rakes. Yeah, I mean Tatis is produced like a five tool player. Um, Grish to be on it, to be completely honest, is a B. And then I see a C plus here. Then I see an F here. Definitely not an F. Um, but it's weird because you're like, we've seen Grish on this team so long where it's like we know what he is, so we're not expecting a lot. That's why it's like you're going against expectations. That's why I said like C ish. But if it's like non-expectations, then he's probably a D, like a C to a D. But I feel like he's just kind of an average player. He's going to probably end the season around two war, which is what he's finished the last two seasons as well before that. So it's like he's pretty consistent in what he is. His numbers offensively are going to go up and down just because we know how hot and cold he is. But we know that sometimes he's going to he's gonna struggle, you know. Um, Kim B+, plus, C+. Plus. Kim A, I mean, I think you could give Kim a B plus or an A. I mean, Kim's been a beast. Carp uh, D minus. This is too. This is too high, Danny. Um, Gary C. That's where I had him. Uh, Sanchez D. I mean, you could you could do it. I mean, it's not that. It's not like he's been that great. I do think he just. It's more that he's an upgrade, so it's like exciting. Odor C. Tim Hill Garcia F minus. Tim dude. Tim Hill has not been that bad. Tim, the Tim Hill errors though, those get a little bit crazy. I mean, Tim Hill just start chucking. The one against the Pirates was so bad, man. That one was just awful. Um, Steven Wilson. Yeah, I think Steven Wilson is like a B plus. Um, what else we got? Honeywell D. Honeywell is a little bit unfortunate just because we saw him kind of go up and down throughout the season. He kind of struggled towards the end. Matt Waldron, A plus, plus, plus. Um, what, I didn't even bring it up, dude. What about Matthew Batten yesterday? Got got the first at-bat of the season as a home run. That was awesome. Uh, my dad was at the game yesterday, so he was super pumped, and it was really cool to see. He sent me a picture of the scoreboard with the, you know, the a thousand average to start the season, which was pretty sick because he only had like twenty career at bats, I want to say, last year. So that was sick to see. Um, and you know, he gets the the sub, like the kind of sub start in there as well. 
Um, but yeah, I moved Nando to C plus. Matt, you sold my boosted his card, dude. A C plus for Fernando is insane. I'm telling you, I, I'm down with some of the the bad grades, but Nando, Kim, Soto, those guys deserve good grades. They they balled out. Um, what else? Matt Matthew Bad is highest grade on the team. Um, and then okay, I'm gonna do this giveaway right now. Final thing. Grade for the team at the All-Star break. So I'm going to do this with your expectations. Your expectations coming into the season that you're fighting for a division. You're a World Series contender, right? You're sitting four games under 500 and you're six games out of a wild card spot. Eight games out of, of a division spot or eight and a half games out of, of a division spot. It's probably a D minus. And it's really weird because if you split it into two categories, offensively, it is a solid F. And pitching-wise, it's probably a B, B or B plus. Starting, probably an A, probably as, almost as good as you can get from a starting perspective. You signed two guys and in, in Lugo and Waka, and they've been monsters. Blake Snell, Joe Musgrove have had some of their best, you know, their best before, like a first halves of a season in a Padres uniform. Um, it's been it's been amazing from those guys. But then you look at it offensively. And I brought up that some of the guys are, are doing really well. Fernando, Soto, Kim, they've been doing really well. Manny, you know, he's starting to heat up a little bit. Grisham is where he is as a player. But really, it's come down to a couple guys being absolute massive holes in the lineup. Austin Nola for a long time in the season. Everyone knows that. Not going to harp on it. But the three spots that have completely screwed the Padres are, you sign Xander Bogarts to a $300 million contract, right? That has been awful. That has been terrible. And he's been hurt, and that's definitely part of it. But... He's been really bad with runners in scoring position and has burned the Padres. Jake Cronenworth gets extended. He has fallen off of a cliff. And then Matt Carpenter, he's he hits like 170, 160, and he has like barely like he has a 650 OPS. He's awful. And you should have expected that because that's what his numbers were up until 100 bats in Yankee Stadium where he's absolutely juice out of his mind in that stadium because it's the short porch and he's a lefty and that's where he hits the ball. I mean, he's, he's a warning track player at Petco. So it was really bad. It, it was really bad. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at with the team in whole. Um, the good thing is over the past month, the runners and scoring position pro like issues have actually pretty much gone away. They've been a really good team with the runners and scoring position. The problem is now I brought up that the pitching is like a B plus is ish, right? Because the bullpen's starting to fall apart, man, and that's where it's got to pick up. So need Stephen Wilson back, need Robert Suarez back. Hopefully, I mean Willie, hopefully on that one. But gonna need Nick Martinez, Tim Hill to continue to kind of be what they were earlier in the year. Up until lately, they've been kind of falling apart. Um, I like I like Arthur's team grade sixty one percent. Don't don't make me don't make me make a rule brick. I, I like it. I think that's that's probably where I'm at. I think that's where most people would be at. Um, the good thing is like man, the good thing is you're still in it. You, you were mathematically still in it, and you were only four games below 500 after an abysmal first part of the season. So um, that's where I'm at with this team. I've uh, been talking for a while solo here, so I'm going to I'm gonna get this giveaway going right here. Um, let me hop over. We got a few names in here, and we will see. Here we go. Zooming in. Oh, oh no. Oh, my gosh. No way I just did that. <sighs> All right, guys. I accidentally just just refreshed the screen. Okay, I got to enter everyone's name again. Okay, everyone send me your names again. All right, guys. I am so sorry about that. That is 
awful. I know, I know JDS is in here. I know Devin's in here. Um, I'm so sorry. That was, that was terrible. This is why I can't do this thing by myself. Arthur, you were in here. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> this is bad. Danny, I got you. Let's see who we got. That is not good guys. I'm sorry. I'm going way back into this chat to find these names. Um, trying to think of who else to talk about. I think um, I could talk about kind of just AJ Preller and, and Bob Melvin of where I'm at on them. We made a video a couple weeks ago um, just on this team, like basically saying like, hey, a lot of this is on Preller. Like this is this has been a disaster of some of these signings. And I just brought up the three names of the three guys who have struggled the most, right? And what do we find? That all of them are the guys that got deals. The other guy that got it, I mean, the other guy that got a deal was Manny Machado, who has also been – he's not been good up to this point, but he did have a lot last week, so his numbers look a lot better, like, going into the All-Star game um, or All-Star break. But, like, all the guys that got deals, it's been bad. And if we look back at A.J. Preller's history, it has not been good with him just because it, it, gets, it gets rough, man. Like, it's not it, – it's not been, like, his signings have not worked out outside of Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis – um, I do have faith in the Musgrove deal, even though we're only like year one into it. But you look at some of these these finishes, like some of these contracts, the Hosmer one, of course, the Drew Pomerantz one. I mean, that is one of the craziest contracts in baseball just because Preller was suspended. So if you have complaints, if you have question marks why this team's roster is so up and down, I think that you got you got to point out to that. So um, I got most of the names back here. I'm going through them again. I got almost all of them. All right, I think I got all of them. Let's see if anyone commented anything while I was searching through the names. And then the, the last guy I'll do is Bob Melvin. Bob Melvin, I would give him like a C. I don't think Bob Melvin is the problem or anything like that. I, I know some people do believe that. I don't get that at all. It makes literally no sense to me just because Bob Melvin, like the problem is that Matt Carpenter is not good, right? And there's just a lot of holes in the lineup where if you're actually looking at it, you're like, well, this is why it's been a struggle because these guys have not been performing. Like we can't look at it and go, yeah, it's, it's Bob Melvin's fault that Xander Bogarts, Jake Cronenworth and Manny Machado can't with runners in scoring position. That's not his fault. Now what I will blame this for is some of these moves that he makes make no sense. They make no sense in the terms of the pitching and stuff like that. Um, and that's where I will get upset. Like I'll be really confused where it's like, dude, what is going on? Um, and the bullpen moves, especially he doesn't really have the issue of pulling starters too late. He has kind of the opposite issue of like, yeah, he's going to leave a starter in there too long. Um, and we see them do that with, with you Darvish a lot. So I, um, I would say a C, I don't think it's that bad. Um, all right. Are you secretly Kevin from Chula Vista on coach Quintero's show? <laughs> um, if you guys don't know, Kevin, I don't know who this is regarding to, but this is hilarious. Um, Coach Contreras show Kevin that dude is absolutely amazing. Um, but yeah, okay, I got everyone's names back. Sorry about that. I, as you can see, I'm I'm struggling here doing the solo stream. Um, but all right, it's gonna look kind of ugly the way that I got the setup. But I'm not having the same issue where I accidentally refresh the screen again. So let me share it real quick. Um, we got it going in here. Gonna do the giveaway. Shout out Bubs. Let's get their logo up real quick. Um, and next weekend we'll be doing the final fifty dollar gift card, fifty dollar gift card giveaway. Um, and I'm really happy that they got to do this with us, you know, been fun doing it. We'll, we'll see if we can continue to kind of work with them in the future and whatnot, but it's been fun. People kind of hopping on the streams and whatnot. So here we go. And as you can see, I'm not zoomed in. This is a, this is a very ugly screen right here. Uh, but here we go. 
Drum roll. I don't know if you guys can hear that. All right. And the winner is Noel or no Noel. There we go, man. Um, so yeah, so guys that won today, we got the two different ones here. Um, congratulations. Just comment after comment once the stream ends on like the stream ended, and I'll, I'll hit you up with some stuff. Uh, either like send me an email or whatever. We have an email on like our, our channel as well. Um, but congratulations, guys. We'll get that to you. Um, and yeah, thank you guys for listening. Long stream. Um, uh, it's a little bit tougher when it's just me. Um, so I know Isaac was at the game today, so we we wasn't really able to come on for that long besides kind of giving his immediate thoughts. Um, maybe we got to, we got to change it. Uh, here you go, man. Um, maybe we got to change it up because Chase always works on Sunday. I like doing the Sunday streams are fun. That's what we were doing for a cut, like a, about a year. We did the Sunday streams only. Um, we've also been doing a lot more video videos lately and that's been really fun to see just because we kind of just get to like hammer it home on one topic. And then during the stream, it's kind of going over everything picture, big picture. Like I did today, it's a little bit chaotic, um, it's especially a lot more chaotic when I'm trying to write in names and kind of do stuff like that, but still fun to do the streams, still fun to give away some stuff. And, uh, I think, um, upcoming this next week, we'll have something on the Padres draft class. Um, and I, I'm a pump for that. I'm also going to make a, a cool little video on Ethan Solace because if you guys have not been paying attention, Ethan Solace has been going stupid and this dude is barely 17 years old and he really looks like the next Adley Rutschman. It's that crazy just because of how his defense, his, how good he is as a defensive catcher as well. It's, it, I'm really pumped about Ethan Solace. And I think every once in a while you get like a prospect that's like that. I think for a while we kind of thought CJ Abrams was going to be like that. Mackenzie Gore, I, I think, and, and James Wood are probably the guys that like most recently outside of Fernando, of course, because when Fernando was coming up, everyone knew that. But um, and now we got Jackson Merrill in the, in the minors, but I think Ethan Solis is probably better than all of those guys named. Maybe James Wood is above them. James Wood is really intriguing. He's, he's going to be a great player for the nationals or another team in the future. But um, yeah, I, I, I'm pumped about talking about those guys. Um, we'll definitely get some out kind of just about some different guys, different names. Uh, I, I noticed a lot of comments on kind of the trade stuff and trade discussions for some future guys that we're going to talk about. So over the next couple of weeks, we'll talk about that. Um, we'll do a couple little things like that in terms of, of the topics, but I do know we'll have the Ethan Solace one. We'll have the MLB draft one for sure next week. Um, I don't really know what else what else we got in store, um, but we'll kind of see where the, the news cycle takes us because I'm sure that we're going to get some rumors over the All-Star break. Um, and yeah, so I think that's going to do it. But thank you all for listening. Have a great rest of your weekend. Hopefully everyone enjoys the Home Run Derby All-Star game like that. I, I think – I think that the baseball all-star kind of not weekend, but the baseball all-star events are the best. I think the home run derby is the best all-star event. I think it's better than the dunk contest. Maybe that, I don't know if that's a hot take, but not the old dunk contest. The old dunk contest used to be awesome. Now they're just, I don't know. It's kind of redundant. You can't, there's not as much stuff to make up. So yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of what my thought is on the, on the home run derby. Unfortunately, I'm going to be working that night. So I'm going to miss it, but I love the home run derby. Um, and the all-star game is also a, a great one as well. So it's going to do it guys. Have a, have a great rest of your week. Um, we'll have some stuff out soon, but appreciate all the support. Our, our videos have been doing really well lately. So really appreciate all and have a great weekend. And hopefully the Potters can kind of ride these last two series. Cause I want to watch competitive baseball later this summer. I really want to watch it. So I'll see y'all soon. Have a great night and see ya.